thank you. God, we thank you that you are the way maker. God, you find a way. Father, I just pray this morning for each one of us as we stand in your presence. Whatever the week has looked like, whatever has happened this morning, however it is that we find ourselves here this morning, found a way, God, and you will continue to find a way. Oh, God, we just give ourselves afresh to you this morning. Father, pour out your spirit. spirit on each one of us. Grab your seats. Thanks, team. Good work, as always. <clears throat> was at a <clears throat> conference over in Sydney for CAP um, during the week, and uh, every session started with worship, and uh, some of them were for worship songs long and some were one and um, it was just interesting to see some of the songs that we sang but Waymaker was on the playlist and so it was good to have a song that I knew um, unlike some of the others that I don't know what they were or where they were from I tried to Spotify one of them and uh, it didn't show up but uh, I think some of, some of them were potentially from the old All Together Now books anybody remember them from back in the day um, so it was, uh, they still get used around the traps and so, um, but it was good to have a song that I knew there and then come in this morning and go, oh, here we go. Now we're doing the same song. So it's good. It is good. Hey, so we've heard in the last couple of weeks from Tim, um, preached a great word a couple of weeks ago about the narrow road and uh, I loved a whole heap of what he said in that, but what I loved about, it was just one little snippet of what he said that has stuck with me since, is if we're going to be walking on the narrow road together, which is what we're called to do, it's going to be tight. It's going to be squishy because we need a fit. And, uh, and so it's just been a great reminder for me over the last couple of weeks and something that has just continued to just rattle around in my prayer time and uh, throughout my days to go, you know what, it's a little bit squishy, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable doing life with somebody at the moment, but you know what, that's good. That means that I'm potentially on the right track. 
And uh, if there's lots of space and we're isolated and there's room between us, then we're potentially on the wide road. And uh, that's not where we're meant to be. And uh, so I loved that line of thinking. You might have not even heard that part of the message. You might have got something completely different out of it. And that is the beautiful thing about preaching is that there's lots said and we're not meant to retain it all. We're not meant to take it all home. We're just meant to take one thing, apply it to our life and uh, live by it. And so that was awesome. And then last week, Pastor Bruce um, preached up a storm. Uh, yeah, so many things I could say about last week's message. Um, if you weren't here, jump onto our podcast and listen to it. Preached um, on the story of Lot and uh, some interesting take-home points in that. But the, the key in that for me was being brought out and uh, <clears throat> just how good it is that God is in the business of bringing us out of our circumstances. God's in the business of delivering us um, when we are walking with him. And, uh, and so I loved the last couple of messages. And <clears throat> this morning, we're in the book of John um, in <clears throat> chapter 11. And it's the, the story of the death of, death of Lazarus. And uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, it's not quite as interesting as the story of Lot um, for a whole bunch of different reasons. There's no coming out um, in this one, but there is still a brought out, uh, which is the same, same, but different. So if you were here last week, you'll get some of Pastor Bruce's references to that. Um, but, but the death of Lazarus is, is a phenomenal story and one that um, I just want to read through this morning and unpack and we're going to jump around a little bit as we go and um, work our way through, but, but let's just start reading this um, from John 11, verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. Straight up, anybody sick here this morning? All right, so straight away we can, I can relate to this straight away. I love a Bible story when I can relate to it. You know, when you're reading something and you go, I can straight away put myself in their shoes. When you're reading something and you go, don't know what that feels like. It's a lot harder to connect with it. And so straight away I go, yep, I, I, I've been sick before. I know what that's like. Different degrees of sickness, but I've been sick nonetheless. He was, he was from uh, Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And so they've got history. There's, a, there's a, I think, an assumption, an applied assumption here by Martha and Mary that when they send for Jesus, because of what we've done in the past, because of what we've done He's going to drop everything and come straight to us. But Jesus doesn't work that way. Anybody notice that in their life? When Jesus, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through him. Straight away, you already know the outcome to the story. Straight away, there's, there's already... Hope built into the story right here because Jesus, the Son of God, God himself has declared 
that this will not end in death. And so you'd think, right, that, that from now on, everything's just going to run smoothly. People are going to be at ease because Jesus has spoken and he said, this will not end in death. But how wrong. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. He stayed where he was two more days. You know, I'm reading this and I'm thinking about believing and seeing. That's our theme for the month and that's what's woven into our other messages so far. Believing and seeing and I'm going, you know what, straight away, believing and seeing. We haven't seen that Lazarus hasn't died, that he's, that he's been healed, but but we can believe it easily because Jesus has spoken the words. He said he won't die. But still, Jesus says, I'm just going to hang here. I'm not going to rush. I don't need to rush through this. But straight away, everybody gets a little bit, a little bit anxious. Straight away, everybody, the, the mood changes. People go from, it's okay, Jesus is coming. And he said that Lazarus isn't going to die. But the mood changes to, hang on, what are you doing? What do you mean you're just going to hang around here another few days? What do you mean it's, you're going to take your time? And I don't know about you, but when I pray a prayer, when I pray to God, there's the moments when I expect that he's going to come right at that moment. There's moments when I'm praying and I'm in a prayer meeting or I'm just in this auditorium by myself during the week or I'm walking through um, the streets at night. I went for a walk uh, one night this week and uh, I don't know if you've been to the Central Coast or not, but the conference was at um, Kuinda Waters um, just next to Wyong and it's about a 3K walk into Wyong. And I thought, oh, I'll just go for a walk in and uh, get some iced coffee and uh, some chocolate because there was nothing like that out there and I'm, like, well, I'm here for a few days so I might as well go in and get some chocolate, right? And so justified by the fact that I went for a 6K round trip to get it. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, I'm walking and that's all good. We went there during the day and I wasn't really paying attention because I wasn't driving, sitting in the back seat. And so uh, we started walking and it was really nice and there was street lights and there was a sidewalk and uh, walking along and then turn the corner and then it goes from streetlights and a footpath, a sidewalk, to being nothing at all, just literally on one side scrub and on the other side these houses that were quite run down and had old fridges and whatever else in the front yards and I'm walking along the side of the road and it was one of those roads where, kind of like Alexandrina Road before I fixed it up really in Mount Barker, but it was one of those roads where like, the lane is this wide Half of the lane is okay and the other half of the lane is just potholes and patch jobs and I'm walking along there in the pitch black about, I think it was about 10 o'clock at night and I'm walking along and I'm thinking, oh, this is a safe area of town. <laughs> Nobody else out walking, which isn't unusual for me. I do go for walks late at night. But um, I'm walking along and I'm like, hmm, assume I'm going to make it home. And, uh, but anyway, I did. Um, a few buses came roaring up behind me and had to jump off the side of the road, but I don't know how I got to that. But uh, I actually have got no idea how I got to that. <laughs> Anybody else know? No, praying when I'm walking. There we go. Thank you. So, and I did. I spent some time 
Um, praying, yes. And I was praying a little harder at some of those moments and um, as I was walking through and then there was, I don't know, some possum or something in the tree that made me jump a little bit at one point because it, yeah, so anyway. Um, but anyway, it's all fun. So praying while I was walking, I still don't know why I got to there. But anyway, so we've got this, <clears throat> this story where Jesus is just, he's chilled, but everybody else is freaking out. And as I'm reading this, I'm going, you know, it's so easy to, to see and then believe. But believing is seeing, is what we're talking about. And so what do we do when we think we're on track? What do we do when we think Jesus is about to turn up because we've sent for help? Somebody that's close to Jesus has, is dying. Somebody that's close to Jesus has sent for help. And so we're expecting Mary and Martha are expecting that Jesus is going to turn up. Jesus is going to come straight away, but he decides to delay. It's not just that he is delayed. It's not just that his flight was put off for a little bit. It's not just that that he needed to feed the, the donkeys or whatever before he left. It's not just that he had an appointment to get to before he could leave. He, he just decided... We're going to stay here for a couple more days. <clears throat> but Lazarus is sick. Oh, but I've got my need. But I've, I, I need my healing. I need my breakthrough, Jesus. Where are you? This is the, the kind of thinking that, that I have going through my head as I'm reading this. But, but Jesus is just chilled. Jesus is going, I've already spoken it. I've already declared it. He would not die. And so let's just chill. Let's relax, people. Let's have fun. Let's enjoy the journey. I think we can all relate. And so then, Jesus decides it's time. And so he starts to go back and verse 7, the disciples, he said to the disciples, let us go back. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you and yet you were going to go back. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees the world's light. A man who walks at night is a... Anyway, no, it doesn't say that. A man who walks at night, he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. Praise God for iPhones and the little torches on them, so you can shine them at uh, cars and buses when they're coming the other way and see where you're going off the road. But anyway, after this, after he had said this, he went... On to tell them our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. So far, Jesus has heard that Lazarus is sick. End of communication. But now Jesus is explaining to his disciples that Lazarus has fallen asleep. Jesus knows more about what we're going through than we give ourselves and we give him credit for. You know, as I'm reading this during the week and I'm thinking, you know what? I've got this issue. I've got that issue. I've got this thing that I'm praying to God for. I've got that thing I'm praying to God for. I'm interceding for other people about this circumstance and that circumstance. And 
You know, I had a moment <clears throat> during the week when I was read this verse. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. I had a moment during the week when I read this and I went, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry for not trusting you. I'm sorry, God, for, for assuming that you're not listening. I'm sorry, God, for assuming that you're just on your two-day little vacation and not interested in my problems. God, I'm sorry for, for the moments when I've prayed a prayer that is, God, can't you hear me? Or I've prayed a prayer going, God, you need to heal this person because they're really sick. Or they're, they're really struggling financially. Their, their relationship's completely broken. Jesus, you need to step in now. I had this moment where I'm like, hang on. Jesus already knew that Lazarus wasn't just sick, but he was asleep. God knows so much more. Jesus knows so much more about my circumstances than even I do. He knows so much more about your circumstances than, than you do. It's like, God, God, we believe, help our unbelief. And so as we're reading through this story, <clears throat> Jesus arrives, verse 17. <clears throat> Actually, we just duck back to verse 14. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. But let us go to him. Believing is seeing. But sometimes when it all gets too much, sometimes when we start jumping to conclusions, sometimes when we start trying to take things into our own hands and forget to trust and lean on God, Jesus says here plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad. Why is it for your sake? Why is it for the disciples' sake is Jesus glad? I think it's because they, were, they weren't trusting. I think it's because they were wanting to see before they believed. But Jesus, right here in this story, is trying to teach his disciples, you need to believe and then you'll see. See, Jesus hadn't seen that Lazarus was dead. He hadn't seen Lazarus at all. But he believed straight up front he would not die. Yeah. And from Jesus believing that, from Jesus speaking that out, that's the end of the story because we know what happens at the end of the story. But the disciples are living in this moment. Just like we're living in our moment of sickness. We're living in our moment of lack. We're living in our moment of relationships getting torn up and stressed and finances going down the drain and whatever else is happening in our lives, we're, we're living in that moment just like the disciples and Mary and Martha and all their family and friends and community were living in this disaster. There's, there's things that we're facing and Jesus is going, Do you know what? It's going to be okay. Yeah. But we step back. We don't step back. We live in the moment too much and we, we get, start to build extra stories in our heads. We start to build extra stories in our, in our minds. We start to share those stories with other people and the stories build on the stories. And before we know it, 
Jesus is out of the picture and we're living our own life. But Jesus is going, I'm glad. I'm glad that Lazarus died because now you get to see so that then you'll believe. If only you had have believed and then seen. And so then Jesus, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will, be, uh, will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary. Such an interesting little dialogue, conversation happening between <clears throat> Jesus and Martha. You know, as I'm reading this, I've got <clears throat> flashbacks isn't really the crop, really the, the right word, but <clears throat> as I'm reading this, I'm thinking about the story where Jesus is talking with his disciples, do you believe in me? Do you know? Do you love me? Do you know who I am? And he's asking these questions and it's, yes, Lord. Go feed my sheep. Go feed my sheep, or go feed my lambs, go feed my lambs, go feed my lambs. And he's, he's just prodding in, probing into with questions. And go feed my lambs. It's like, but Jesus is, is trying to get something out of Martha here. <clears throat> just as he's trying to get something out of us. Do we know who he is? Do we know that he is the resurrection? Do we know that whatever circumstance we're facing right here, right now, this morning, do we know that he can bring that to life? Do we know that he can bring healing into our body? Do we know that he can bring provision into our world? Do we know that he can restore that relationship? Because before we see it, Jesus is wanting us to believe it. I said, before we see it, Jesus is wanting us to believe it. It's so easy to believe once we've seen. Signs and wonders aren't for us. Signs and wonders are for the unsaved. They're for the lost, the people that don't know who Jesus is so that they can see it and then believe it. But when we get saved, when we start becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's no longer about seeing to then believe. It's now about believing so that we can see. 
And so as Jesus spoke right at the start of this story, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus said right up the front, this will not end in death. This will not end in harm. This will end in glory to God. Believe it. What circumstance are you facing? What are you looking at this morning? And what is God saying about it? What is God saying about it? See, because what I'm saying, God's saying this morning is, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe that what you're facing is for the glory of God? Do you believe that what you're facing is so that God's glory can shine through? It's so easy to look back afterwards and say, I've got a testimony. I've seen this happen in my life. So much harder to stand in front of somebody and say, I believe that this is going to be a testimony. I believe that this is going to happen. Jesus is going to come through and all the glory is going to be his. It's not because I'm a great financial planner. It's not because I went to see the doctor. It's not because I just manned up and went and spoke to my mum, my dad, my brother, my sister, my whoever it is that the family feud is with. It's not, no, I believe that this is going to bring glory to God. And then we're going to see it happen. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so I've got two things to finish. <clears throat> Actually, I'm going to throw this in a third. Verse 35. John 11:35 says this quite simply, Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? Because he cares. Why did he weep? He cares. He cared for Lazarus. He cared for Mary, he cared for Martha, he cares for you. Jesus wept. He wasn't some man who was without emotion. He wept because he cared. He wept because he loved Lazarus. He loved Mary, he loved Martha. He loves you. Verse 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? There it is right there. Jesus saying exactly that. Believe it and you will see the glory of God. Believe it and you will see the glory of God. And then finishing off, I think an action step for every one of us. Verse 44, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Something so simple. Something so very simple. But something so practical, something that changed Lazarus's life, something that changed their lives there. He was asleep. 
He was dead for four days, but he rose. And Jesus says, take off the grave clothes. Take off the things that are surrounding you in your moment of death. Take off the chains. Take off the shackles. What do you need to take off? Because if we don't, if we get our breakthrough, Lazarus got his breakthrough, right? He went from being dead to being alive. That's a kind of fairly significant breakthrough. I don't know if anybody here has ever been dead and come back to life. No? Nobody here? Not me either. I met a guy during the week who is pretty sure he was dead and then came back to life. Um, He was a little bit... Yeah, anyway, um, we won't go there, but just got to believe. So, But when you're dead and you're buried in your grave clothes, there's going to be a stench attached to them. There's going to be a stigma attached to them. There's going to be restraint attached to them. Guess what happens when you're no longer dead but you're living? It says... Dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth over his face. He would have been shuffling out like this. How is a man meant to live life when he's wrapped in his grave clothes? He can't. You've got to take them off once you've got your breakthrough so that you can live your life. The thing I want to ask you today is what do you need to take off so that you can live your life? What are the grave clothes that are holding you? What are the grave clothes that are wrapping your life up, hindering you, trapping in the stench of death, showing everyone that you're not living but you're dead? What do you need to take off? Father, I pray for every person here this morning. God, every person listening online in the days and weeks to come, Father, I pray that we would be people who don't see so that then we can believe, but we would be people who believe so that we can see. God, whatever it is we're facing this morning, whatever challenge, whatever trial, God, whether it's practical, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. God, whatever it is that you're taking us through at the moment. Father, I pray for each one, believing that it will bring glory to your name. God, I pray this morning, Father, that we would be patient and trust in you. One of the hardest things to do is to wait on you, to not lose faith, to not lose hope. But God, I pray this morning that 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 would be what we do.
God, that when we send those prayers, when we, when we ask for something, God, we wouldn't then try and work it out ourselves. But we'd wait believing that we'll see the breakthrough come and it would bring glory to God. And Father, I pray that as Lazarus was raised to the dead and came out of that tomb, God, as we get our breakthrough in whatever circumstance we're looking for, whenever that breakthrough comes, whether it's today, whether it's a delay, for whatever reason, God, I pray that when we get that breakthrough, we take our grave clothes off. God, when we get set free, we wouldn't sit in the tomb. We wouldn't sit in our stinky grave clothes, being restricted and showing everyone that we're dead. But God, we would step out. Father, we'd remove what's been holding us back and we'd step in to a great future. So, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here. God, that we would be those people stepping out, believing before we see, so that your glory can be shown. Jesus' name.